Rika Technologies and GotAnAppIdea.com present this week's episode of Incubate This in partnership with The Rika Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is another episode of Incubate This in podcast partnership with The Rika Show. We are your hosts, Cynthia, Grant, and Daryl. We are Rika Technologies. So today we have an interesting times. <laughs> <laughs> we have an interesting topic that I, I I would have said before we you know we have to come up with um, topics that are trending you know so that the Google will find us by keywords and all that you know SEO stuff that I really know nothing about thank God for iHeartMedia who does uh, but shameless this plug. shameless plug yes. This is one of those topics that when I first suggested it, I kind of thought it wouldn't be very interesting because I thought we all agreed. And turns out we don't. And what's more, Grant has started to change my mind. So what we're talking about this week is, do you really need an advanced education or a four-year degree of some kind in order to be successful in software development. The reason that I think people are asking this question why this is trending is because more and more and more people are eschewing expensive four-year post-high you know, school education, sometimes in favor of boot camps or you know, these like 12-week, six-month programs, whatever, learning how to do sometimes like a skill, sometimes pieces of the stack, whatever it is, um, because it seems like that's probably enough. And I would have said, I'm going to say what I, what, what I started out saying when we started having this conversation a few months ago and we decided this is something we should talk about, which is I don't have a four-year degree in software development. I studied math in college. I dropped out to sell my first company, which was a software company. And... I, I always felt like the degree makes no difference whatsoever. Grant, however, brought up the point, which as I started to look back into my history and my past and my career, I realized that I actually have gotten an education from other people, learning from people who did have some sort of formal education in object-oriented programming, design patterns. Like all along the way, there were people who every time I've run up against something that I'm like, huh, I don't know how to do this. There was somebody that I worked with or somebody that I knew who had that formal education. So it's taken me 25 years to get here. But in a sense, over that 25 years, I have learned from people who know those things all the things that I would have learned in a four-year program, most likely. So I'm curious because I think Daryl and I are probably closer to originally agreeing on this, which is that it just doesn't matter. Like, there's, to your point in our in our topic on frameworks, uh, which is part of the Rika show, you can go look that that one up. There's so much on the web teaching you about the web. It's almost like, why not be self-taught? And you have a very particular viewpoint on that and I want you to talk about it well um, I think there's a lot that one can teach oneself and then there's a there's there's value in all of those alternatives basically and all of those non-formal 
alternatives. Um, in terms of just addressing the entirely self-taught, and please don't use the word autodidact. I hate that. It's like, what's wrong with just self-taught? <laughs> um, but being entirely self-taught, you're going to teach yourself what you're interested in learning. When you are put through a curriculum, there's a bunch of stuff that you don't know you should learn if you don't know it ahead of time that you will be forced to learn. Mm. Stuff that didn't look interesting or didn't seem like it was relevant. But who are you to judge what's relevant when you're self-taught? Uh, how how and, can you know what you should learn or not? And just getting it from, oh, well, full stack. I need to know JavaScript, this and that. Um, all those things that address the languages and the use of the languages are not, in my opinion, sufficient or are not, um, they're not as, you're not going to know as much from that as you are from in the process being taught data structures yeah. and the design concepts behind these things and, and having the time to uh, figure out where the patterns break down or how you can kind of break out of the patterns yourself. You know, that's a big part to me of learning to program well is looking at something that's there and what it does and making, it's just like science, hypotheses about if I change this code here, then it should change the behavior this way. And then doing that and seeing if it does. Mm. Um, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does, and then it, there's an error. Well, that shouldn't have erred. And that's uh, a great way of learning. And I'm not so sure that um, even just that part of the learning process, if there's focus and time for that in a boot camp. Mm. We're very, very focused. Um, recently, I was asked to possibly teach a boot camp. And you know, I, I was impressed with everything that was covered. But I could tell by everything that was covered, the, the sheer volume, the breadth of what was being covered, that there wouldn't be time really um, to really take it to its extremes for those who have a, a talent for it or who have an interest in going, well, I want to see where, where I can break it. Mm. You know? Yeah, interesting. It's almost like what I'm hearing you say is, as a self-taught person, you don't know the questions you don't know to ask. You don't know what to teach yourself. I and mean, yeah. when you start out, um, it's just sort of like you're going to go from what you see on the web. It's it's sort of a self, you know, a, yeah. a self-feeding thing. Is like, well, what should I learn if I want to learn programming? Well, I'm going to go on the web. I'm going to read some blogs. I'm going to read some things that say, here's what you need to learn. So then I'm going to go look at some boot camps that teach that kind of thing. That, that stuff, and I'm going to learn that stuff. I'm going to say, now I'm self-taught. But you got your entire menu from what other people said. Interesting. So, I see where, you writing notes over that? there, Daryl. What are you thinking? To, I was just going to say, rebuttal. I mean, no, not a rebuttal. Grant, you but, ignorance. <laughs> Grant, you ignorance slut. <laughs> Grant's been watching some SNL lately, some classic SNL. Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. Um, boot camps are... You know, when when the market tanks again, there's going to be so many boot camps that, that fold, right? Yeah. I mean, they're 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 not that they're bad. It's just that, this is the, uh, what you're pointing to is that boot camps are a response right now to, to the, there is. I, I mean, it's like a negative unemployment rate in technology right now in software right. development, and boot camps are like let us help people spin up real quick so that they can jump in and fill some of those gaps. And some of them do a very good job of that. Yeah, Grant's right that they don't teach the fundamentals, but 
they can they can get people through and, and fill some positions really fast. And that's only, that's my only point is that you know uh, when there's a market correction that a lot of those boot camps are going to fold. So and probably probably in a positive way, yeah, right? right? I'm sure there so. are plenty of boot camps out there that are not worth um, what they're charging. And I don't know if it's how true it is now. I mean, because I'm saying I'm. You know, I'm not ruling out that one could do that. And then, I mean, if you're an interested person and you're really into this, that's part of the thing, too, that I think that I'm seeing is the effect of it's not just the material that's being learned and how it's being learned, but who's doing the, who's the consumer of that? Um, those who are really, you know, they, they played with programming and they went, wow, I really love this. I love doing this they can probably get themselves to the same depth. Um, although there's not as much classic material to be found, there's a lot of noise. Right. Um, but the, you know, the classic stuff is out there, and it's the important stuff. It's like you know, I, the, that mock class I taught was on object constructors in JavaScript. And it's like, okay, OO's been around since... You know, I can't remember Forever. exactly, but and I want to say like seventy-two object-oriented programming. <laughs> you know, Alan Kay and Smalltalk, and I think we're talking like the late '60s, early '70s. Um, so OO has been around for a long time, and it's a, with something like that. If there's still value in it, if people are still using that paradigm to program, then there's still value in it. And if there's still value in it, then one should look at the foundations of it and really. You know, because it's been around. It's not something you can just go, oh, in the last five years, we came up with the module pattern in JavaScript right. in the last five, eight years. Um, this is something that's been around for a long time. And it's good to look at how has this progressed? What were the things that were important in the beginning that got thrown away? Like inheritance has somewhat gotten thrown away. I mean, we classically look at it because it looks like it'll work great. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it, it's, on paper, it looks great. Yeah, and it's almost so simple that it there's almost no need that it really fulfills on its own right you get you get tr it, it's just all these edge there's all these everything's an edge case yeah. for inheritance yeah yeah so it's not as as clear cut as it looks on paper but um anyway you know the learning what what that's all about and why you do it or what was the the reason for for it um, anyway, that yeah. So there's all that classic stuff that people should learn. But going back to you know somebody who somebody who gets into it because there's a demand for it, you know that's been true even before the boot camps. The people who get involved in it because there's a demand for it can make a good living. They can enjoy it, but will they ever be? You know, will they ever take it? Yeah. Really out there, or will they just be proficient? And I wonder if that's the thing, because you do not have a four-year degree in, in programming or mm. DevOps or anything like that. I have two weeks of a four-year degree. Two weeks of a four-year degree. Yes. That's something we that's should talk like about at some point. Yes. 18, eight? That's an eight-something. <laughs> Both of these guys are going, wow, what did we get into when we brought this guy on? Two weeks times four years is... Mm. Um, and you have years of school yeah. um, in software development. You, that's what you were studying. You were studying traditional, you know, software engineering. Cobalt. Yeah. Fortran. Assembler. Lots of assembler. I studied pure mathematics. Not even applied mathematics over here. I was like, I want to work at a think tank and I want people to pay me to, like, think of stuff. 
you know, solve complex algorithms. Tangent, tangent, tangent. (laughs) So pure mathematics. I dropped out of of college to sell my first company. Grant's got a lot of schooling, a lot of, which is probably why you are the most advanced architect in the group, I would say, because you have all of that foundation. Most experimental. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Cause well, it, because you have you have more of that foundation to be able to... It, it's sort of like if you don't know what's supposed to be, you can never ask the question of what could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know? it's, 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 that's, a, that's a good way to put it. I mean, you know, when I started um, back at uh, MX Logic with you guys, I hadn't done PHP before. And, that, and, and that's happened at... Many places I've gone at at some at different points. I hadn't done that language before, and my first thing is to copy some stuff and then try to stretch it as far as I can. With where does the syntax of the language break down? Where how far can I take this towards some kind of perfect ideal yeah. to learn what what the capabilities are and where? Because it's it's like you have to know the boundaries of something to know how big something is, hmm. unless you. If you never reach the boundary and break something, you don't know how far it can go. Yeah. And that's a big part of this. Yeah. That, I mean, for me, is to always like, okay, I see all these examples and I see what everybody does. Okay, t- starting with that, mm-hmm. can I take that a little further and make it even cooler or more automated or more lightweight or streamlined? <laughs> lightweight, um, scalable. <laughs> Throw out as many buzzwords as you can. You know, and that's that's the thing I think I, I've seen at most places that is that people don't do that. But th- there's all kinds of reasons for not doing that. You want to get your project finished. You want to you know this works. Doing it this way works, so you do it that way. And I guess I've just never I'm ne- I'm never able to be satisfied with that. Yeah. It's always like okay if if there's a very common way of doing something, there must be a way that somebody hasn't tried yet that would be a little bit better. Yeah. And that's how I think you come up with secret sauces and stuff for yourself. Yeah. But does it require a four-year degree? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's a, it's an interesting... Having an appreciation for so, resources and memory use and all that is important. And, and a lot of people don't have that at all. Well, they have nowadays, no concept of, because I'll just, we'll just spin up another server. Yeah. You know, oh, my code is inefficient. No problem. Let me just yeah. spin up another server, another database, and, you know, mirror those two things. I mean, like, we've created all these tools to make it easier to we write just, worse code. We had more yeah. memory. And, 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 and that's the thing is it's very much, in my opinion, a lot of that stuff is an accommodation for the declining uh, levels of the people involved. Mm. Because that's what you do is if, if, if the people force behind doing something is weakening, then you buttress that by providing more and more stuff of, look, you have to know less and less and less right. to do this. It's a, it's a self-reinforcing yeah, it's making sort of negative for, feedback loop. Um, because of many peop- the, the many people who got into the industry because there's a demand for it. Yeah. Not because they're like, ah, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess that's the difference is the three of us, we look at a problem and we go, oh, that's fascinating. Like, I need, I want to understand more and I want to, I want to understand. Like, the very first thing I think when I'm like, how would I do that? Is I'm, I think, how would Grant do that? <laughs> 
I mean, I know that sounds funny, but it's like... What would G do? Yeah, well, yeah, WWGD. First, he'd feed the cat. Right. <laughs> then he would scream at the cat for meowing at him incessantly. So for us, I, I, guess, I guess the message that we're sending is, do you necessarily need a four-year degree or a master's degree? Or I, I, think, I think we would all say, not necessarily. Yeah. And then, However, college traditional programming fundamentals, basics, you know, not going directly to, um, I'm going to learn Angular or I'm only going to learn JavaScript or whatever. Learning the fundamentals is the only way that you're ever going to learn how to apply yourself to some new technology when it comes out. Because who knows what we're going to be writing in in five years from now. I mean, JavaScript has been around a long time. We all still love PHP. That's still around. Um, Java's still around. It's morphed in terms of its usage, I think, probably more in the enterprise realm and then Android, obviously. Mm-hmm. So all of the skills and the, the languages and the technologies we've been using for 20, 30, 40 years, a lot of them we're still using, but a lot of them are different. I mean, have you written COBOL in... I think I have, I know I had a couple projects like early 2000s that were COBOL, but those were like, the reason I got hired was because I was one of the only people in the area that knew it. That stuff's out there. You, you yeah, have, you have to there. actively market yourself for yeah. that because there's the COBOL Cowboys, I think, Cobalt down in Texas, Texas, and they're making a buttload of money working for banks and insurance companies. Those yeah. are the big COBOL users, and um, airlines are still using Assembler. Yeah. Um, you know, I get emails about that once in a while for assembler jobs and you know always kind of wonder what would those pay I didn't you know yeah didn't talk to the people but you know always kind of wonder like how much is out there and how many people can still even freaking look yeah. at it yeah. and have any clue what it's doing yeah <laughs> that stuff you were saying a little bit ago about the fundamentals and the knowing you know, what's really, I mean, it's about knowing what's happening behind the scenes. That's what we're talking about when you just learn, you know, if, if you start your, if you start your, your very first project in learning with NPM install, I'm like, you're not learning programming. Yeah, no. You're learning how to install stuff and configure yeah. stuff. When you learn from print F hello world, no, you're writing, you're writing code. code. Yeah. Um, and I, it reminded me of like that first C book, the, the, you know, the, the little Current C book. Rigid. Yeah, the classic one. They have that one section where they show you what the code for string copy is. But they start out with setting a pointer to the from string and setting a pointer to the to string and doing a while. There's contents here. And eventually they show they they refactor that. And this was, what, 20 years before refactoring was ever heard of, down to the one-liner of star S plus plus, plus equals star T plus plus, something like that, where it just says, Copy bytes until you run into that null stop byte, and then you'll stop. Yeah. They did what and you do, loop. what we do, which is, all right, this works. How can I make it better? And yeah. I reduce it down to... That's one thing I loved about that book and that when I ran into that example is like, they're teaching a whole other skill here yeah. along with C. They're teaching you how to look at your stuff and do that. Yeah. You know, that classic line of, I know it's done when there's no more to take away. Yeah. yeah, and it still works. And you and I have talked about that a lot because we've worked with people who, who do, I've solved the problem, the immediate problem. It does what you say you want it to do. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Yeah. And 
to us, the, the, uh, the, 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 the meat of someone who's really good is that's not good enough for them. Now, yeah. they're also really good when they can say that's not good enough, but I can't go further right now. Right now. You know, yeah. the project needs me to move on to something yeah. else. But if they can, they will do that sort of refinement yeah. until they go, this is, yeah, and I've taken away everything I can possibly take the away. The other end of the spectrum that seems to be popu very popular nowadays is look how big it is. Look how much code I have. That's nothing to be proud of. Yeah, we actually that's worked with a guy who said something like that, right? This can't work yeah. because you guys didn't write enough code. Yeah, we got, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it takes a long time to get it small and concise. And um, the smaller it is most of the time, the more transparent it is. You can see more of the system at once so that you can see more of how it works. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's shocking that there's people that get a satisfaction as more and more is added. Like, and the wow. size and the complexity of the system is greater and greater. Look at all this great work. And I'm just like, look at this brittle thing that's going to start collapsing around you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of we, the three of us worked on a project um, where when we started, it was that kind of a system where the person, you know, the people who had been involved in it early on were more about more lines of code must mean it's better. And we would find entire if statements <laughs> where the if could never possibly be true. So you'd have 100 lines of code that could never possibly get run. And, and the reason, by the way, it could never possibly run because it literally said something along the lines of if false is not true. If then, false then, is true. Or, or if false is true. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, if false is true, then do these 30 lines of code. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you know a way of saying, I want to comment this out and see if everything still works, but it never got taken out because... It was an obscure way to comment it out. It's I don't like, think that's what they were doing. I think it was because it was like if dollar var yeah. is, oh, really? is, true, is true and they somewhere uh, uh, up higher yeah. had done something and they just didn't realize that but they... But the point being, when we got involved with this project, we started playing a game for how many database tables could we get rid of without losing data. And in fact, we had more information and more data when we, when we ended and we had a third of the number of database tables. Mm -hmm. We went from something like 750,000 lines of code to like less than 60,000 lines of code yeah. and added way more functionality far fewer bugs and our system. customers literally kept calling us and saying what, what did are you do doing? this is so it's much so faster fast. now now that it's it's it seems like we're actually getting into a different topic but this would be a good example that's not something you're going to learn in a boot camp no that's not something you're going to learn in any self-taught stuff no. there's maybe some people out there writing about it but um you kind of need other people to learn from you do you for really that kind do of skill. so the end the end result here, I think, is it's not about going to college in a traditional way necessarily, although if that's a way that you learn really well, use that. Like, take advantage of the people who are in academia teaching the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody who generally tends to be more self-taught, put yourself in situations where you're working with people like Grant, where you're working with people like Daryl and I who have been in the industry for a long time and learn all the fundamental stuff that you need to learn from them in a self-taught way. But you need people to be telling you, people who have the experience, whether it's a teacher or a coworker, you know, who's more senior than you, you need people telling you what's important 
what's not, and guiding you into making sure that you're learning the right things. Yeah, I've got an example from a few years ago, a friend of mine that you know I'd worked with way back when um, was at a .NET place, and this young guy was showing him his code, and he was proud of it. And Mike says, "Well, you're you know, you're looping on every object or every row that can come in here and instantiating an object inside this loop." Yeah, and he says, "But we have no. This can be thousands or millions of rows coming in." Yeah, and he goes, do you know what happens when that object gets created? No. And Mike sets and tells him, because we programmed an assembler, and he talks to him about the memory allocation and saving off the registers, and blah, blah. And the kid's eyes are getting really big. And he says, so that could be a huge overhead, and maybe we should look at another way to get that data in and just get the pieces of data we need first. And, you know, but who, who would have known? It, yeah. It's, you know, the code looks fine. It, yeah. it executes fine. And it executes the way in you development and test, it's going to look like it's fine. Right. But as soon as he puts it out there and he's getting 10,000 rows at one time or 100,000 rows at one time, that thing's just going to go, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's going to run out of memory. Um, but it, it just, it's that kind of classic knowledge that's like, let me tell you about what happens when you do that in a high level language, what's yeah. going on behind. Yeah. Which I'll be the first to admit, I didn't learn, and I've, I've recognized that in myself f for almost my whole career. I wish I understood at the lower level, and one of these days, I'm going to sit down. I mean, that's my goal. Honestly, this is how big of a nerd I am when we retire. You know, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to teach myself assembler so that I know it, because I want to know that, right? And yeah. it's just a matter of, of time, not having the time to do it now. I would love to do that, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to do it backwards, and I'm going to learn all that when I don't need to know it. But um, <laughs> I still have my um, first calculator that did that does hex that I bought when I got my first assembler job in 1988, and it's a solar-powered calculator. I bought it at Sears down at Westminster Mall, which doesn't exist, <laughs> and Sears almost doesn't exist. Oh, no. And the, I always remember that remember buying it because the kid tried to sell me an extended warranty. It's a $17 calculator, and the kid tried to, for five bucks, tried to sell me an extended warranty, and I'm like, for 17 bucks, I'll buy a new one. And it's still sitting in my kitchen drawer, and it still works. Wow. And so that's <laughs> 30 like a TI plus years. or an HP calculator? Yeah. yeah. One of those? It's not, it's not a fancy one. It's just yeah. that you could switch into hex mode yeah. and be able to add A plus F, huh. and then you know turn that to decimal and, and stuff. Yeah. And I used it all the time at work. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, who uses a calculator to do programming anymore? But did all the time. You, yeah. You, you did and you could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a great book out there. Uh, I almost want to say the author is Charles Petzold. Of course, I never used a, a slide rule. Yeah. I never used that. That would have really. I've learned how to use a slide rule. I've never had a reason outside of, like, school, but I did learn how to use a slide rule. And also a flight calculator, one. which is essentially like a. It's a. Yeah, you just position a, piece a bunch of, paper of things. And a, and a, you know, it looks almost like a little compass directional whatever thing. <laughs> yeah. I have two of them in there. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a book I highly recommend, um, and I've read it at least once, and it's it's kind of a fascinating book. It's called The Hidden Language of Computer Hardware. Actually, it's Code, The Hidden Language of Computer Hardware and Software. And one of the things he does is he walks through, you know, 
binary logic and all that. And he, he shows you, you could actually build this with just light switches and building these, yeah. these logic gates with just light switches yeah. and then adding a clock to it so that, you know. Which I was in uh, AV club. And or not. And or not. Or yeah. And gates and gates. I was in Exclusive AV club and we used cool to do ones. stuff like that. We would have the, the logic boards mm -hmm. and like solder the things together to, you know, depending on the different patterns and whatever. And it was yeah. like really cool. Look at me, I'm Babbage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that got real nerdy. Yeah. But those are the fundamentals, right? I mean, and, and yeah. I'm an example of where you can get those fundamentals. You have to have the, the desire, though. And I think, yeah. I think that's, I do regret not going to college, right? I do regret mm -hmm. not having that. Well, let's face it. I, I regret not being able to go to the college parties. But, um, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yes, that's the whole reason. That's the whole reason. That's to be doing it. the four-year degree. No, really, honestly, I think what that provides is... I'm realizing now is there's a gauntlet there, right? There's this thing that's hard and it sucks when you're going through it. But when you get to the other side of that, you're going, I did that. You know, the military provides that, right? I've heard of, I've heard of Marines their first weekend. They're like, I'm going to die. But by the time they get to the end of it, they're going, I can do anything. Yeah. Right. And I think that isn't, that is a, a feature, if you will, that college provides yeah. that I wish I had gone through. But when it comes to our industry, the reason I was I would have said and, and still do to a degree that you don't need it to get through, you know, to be successful in our industry is most of and when I say most of, I will say ninety percent of the people I work with in my career, if they went to college, they dropped out mm. to do this. Right? Or they studied something totally different. Or they studied something totally different. But they did yeah. have a passion yeah. for doing this. Right. Um, I ran into a lot of that early in my career because there wasn't much computer science education available yeah. back in the 70s. Yeah. It wasn't all over the place. Yeah. And so the guys that I worked with in the late 80s and early 90s, yeah, there, there was a science fiction writer. There was a guy with a psychology degree. You know, People with just diverse backgrounds, and in a way, that made it better. Mm -hmm. Because the viewpoint of people, and maybe that's part of... Part of my problem with the self-taught and the boot camps is it's like everybody who shows up to do the work is the same. They've oh, all studied the same stuff. Yeah. They all believe the same stuff. They are all, you know, their direction, their their way of solving a problem is the same. Yeah. Um, it's it's like they have a cookbooks, which you know we used to think was as a good thing, and like with design patterns and stuff. Yes, but. From an overall standpoint, I want to I want to see these flashes from people of, well, what if we tried this? Yeah. Huh? Nobody's ever done it that way. Yeah. Shoot, because yeah. that keeps happening in my career where somebody at the table's like, what hey, if we do this. You know, we've always done it that way, but I was thinking, yeah. and you know, everybody's like, oh, oh it's so obvious, what the yeah. And, you know, somebody's running to a whiteboard and you're fleshing it out and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Using That's DNS brilliant. as a director, DB. That was, that was my classic example because it was, it was easy. It, was, it worked well. It was fast. It, there was no extra work to be done. Mm -hmm. It was just let the ops guys set up servers. Um, but, you know, there was that, that preconceptions that we have them. And, right. and anytime we hear about a problem, uh, the, this bit size or the overall system, we're already trying to solve it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the 
parts of the problems. We're going, you know, we're like, okay, yeah, I know how to do that. I've done that this way, and that's, but certain areas, yeah. you know, is like call for something that's revolutionary. Otherwise, the overall system's not going to work very fast. Yeah. If you can't come up with a way, yeah. I mean, it's just looking at those problems and, and, and trying to find a different, you know, the going to Monogle when we changed all that code, that menu system was the, one of the first things I changed because, hey, the way it was working inside of a well-known PHP framework, were you Symphony? No. What was uh, it? Yee. Yee. Um, it looked fine. And the only way to store all that nested data in a normalized database was to store rows of data with a with a, a value that says that's the key to my parent. Yeah. Because I can't say this row has these 10 children. You're yeah. thinking of a menuing system and that's going to be dynamic based on what the client state is, what the client's all about. Um, but it ended up being you're reading one level of data, then you're looking for another level of data. Then basically, it's rereading the, the database so many times. And just by saying, let's just read all the rows in and then go look at those keys using the keys that it uses in the database as keys in our array in memory and just go back through that and connect them that way. Yeah. And then read them all in at once, yeah. run through it one time, figure out how to connect them so that the hierarchy is represented in memory and then let everybody use that structure yeah. instead of re doing, I mean, we were looking at hundreds of database calls just to build a menu. Just to build the page. Oh, yeah, I, I remember the watching the, the query logs and yeah. it would just scroll and scroll and wow. scroll and on so, one page load. And then when you did that, it was like, boom, yeah, it's just done. And we finally loads were like, the menu items. wait a second, what is all this stuff? Yeah. You know, and when you start looking at it, you're like, this is the same call, like 150 times. Every over times. and over and over and over. And every page yeah. is doing this. Yeah. But it's 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 just you know it's looking at places and saying well what there there is a way to to work out a problem that's kind of a start from A and to end at Z very methodical mm -hmm. and it does it um, but then there's other ways to look at well what am I what's really happening here you almost have to look at it different levels at di you know and and just keep kind of what's really <laughs> um, and this is a really geeky example, but I always loved it because I worked on code where in thousands, hundreds of places, hundreds of places, literally in the code, um, the, the goal was to determine, I have a number of bits, how many bytes will it take to, to hold that number of bits? So if you have 12 bits, you're going to need two bytes because one byte will hold eight. And so in English, you say, okay, well, let me divide the number of bits by eight and then if there's a remainder, add one, mm -hmm. because that's how we do it in English. Well, that works out to be about that much code in assembler, and divide's mm -hmm. expensive. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, we're, we're dividing by eight, and we're rounding up. What if I had seven to the number of bits to start with, and then divide by eight? I will always end up with a rounded up value. If there was one or more as a remainder, it will automatically give me the extra byte. And you can divide by eight in assembler by shifting left three bits. So that became add seven to the value and shift, shift it left three, three bits. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Two register instructions. Yeah. And it, was, it sped up the process. And this, was, <laughs> this is a data dictionary program 
that would look at specific the way clients were defined and be able to get to their data. So you can imagine, I mean, this is used thousands and thousands of times in any given execution. So just changing that one little thing, and it was stupid, but it was like, okay, instead of looking at it like I would proceed as a, in a math problem, what am I really getting here? Yeah. Is there a way to take advantage of the architecture of what the language you're using so that you have a shortcut to that final answer that's always right. And it makes you look at math differently. Yeah. You know, because that hit me that anytime I want to get a rounded up value, just add the divisor minus one, or yeah, to the original value. I don't even know what all these are, divisor, dividend, quotient, and then divide, and you'll always have a rounded up value. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's interesting math. So math. Math. Maths are important. Maths are great. They're just big calculators anyway, right? <laughs> these computers but I think it you know it's 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 a class time that helped with some of that in in terms of the class time a and teacher then also will challenge you to do that find a different solution for that yes, problem show me a yes. different way to do that yeah they'll give you all the fundamentals all the here's here's what you need to understand about the language that that leap that happens with that comes with passion and that comes with like the excitement of getting into the weeds is the creativity. It's the thing that says, wait a second, mm -hmm. if I just combine these two things a little bit differently, I get something different and it's better, mm -hmm. you know? And you can't really learn that necessarily in a boot camp or self-taught, necessarily. It's just because the emphasis isn't on that right. experimentation as much. Right. It is it's, possible, but also, I mean... I think it I takes think a lot longer. It takes a lot longer. It took me a lot longer, having gone to, you know, two weeks of a four-year degree, but also... This is what I wanted to do since I was 10 years old. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, th I think for better or for worse or yeah. whatever, that's what separates me from someone and who I was in their... Eight. Yeah. And my mom had... She was taking a visual basic class in college, and her book was sitting there, and I started reading it because I, I cannot read enough. Like, if there's a book lying around and it looks remotely interesting, I'm going to pick it up and read it, it to this day. And it was laying there, and as I started reading the first few pages, it's like, open up your terminal and type this. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let's just try this. And before you knew it, there's like these 3D circles like flying around the screen. And I was like, Whoa. this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And I had gotten through the whole book in like three or four days. And I got to the end, and I was like, oh. And, I, and I, I walked into my mom, and I'm like, can you get another one? Yeah. And so she got me a library subscription, you know, a library card for the college that she was at and I'd go check out books and play around with stuff and so in a way I was getting some of those fundamental foundation kind of stuff because I'm reading all these you know essentially college textbooks but I'm eight and it's just fun yeah you know and now we kind of get into the it made me think that it's years you know okay how old were you when you started mm -hmm. and how old are you now yeah I'm I would I would be, you know, like in my mind, I would be curious about that, about somebody who's programming um, because that, the reason you had time to learn a lot of fundamentals is you started really young. Yeah. I was 14, I think, 13 or 14 yeah. when we had our first computer. Um, and so, you know, then you have to get into that kind of dicey question of does years of experience matter? Because you know, that's another debate that people have is, and I would, I would argue years matter if you're getting the right years of experience. Uh -huh. I mean, if you're spending 20 years and all you're doing is Angular, 
I don't you know still that haven't learned gonna, the fundamentals. Yeah, you, at that the, point. Yeah. you're really good at Angular. Yeah, mm-hmm. which which is might be useful for a period of time. Yeah, but I can guarantee you, not one of us worries about what technology is going to be big and hot and the new thing next year, five years, ten years from now, because we will be able to know it. Because <laughs> we understand the, the under, we understand all the things we need yeah. to know to be able to whatever it is, we'll be able to know it. Yeah. I wonder if that's the thing. Are you going? Are you going to one of these boot camps because you see that there's negative employment, mm-hmm. whatever, and you want to get and a great like, job? I want to get a job, and I want to make a lot of money, and you know. But in my experience, which sort of is like get rich quick. It's kind of get rich quick, but also you know, our industry is very cyclical, cyclical, and there is a downturn yeah. coming, and those are the people that don't stick with it. Yeah. Or are you getting into it, regardless of your age? Even if you're at 35 and you're like. I've always wanted to do that. That always looks like fun. Yeah. We know somebody like that, yeah. right? She's she's our age, and she's like, I always wanted to do that, but she just couldn't, and now she's getting into it. And yeah. so, but you can tell she loves to do this. Yeah. That's someone I would say keep going, right? Yeah. If you want to start at a boot camp, keep doing that because they're going yeah. to they're going to uh, surround themselves with people who can teach them yeah, those fundamentals. Agreed. agreed. All right. So, last last words of wisdom. Those were my last words of wisdom. <laughs> I don't know how I wise they were, left. but I got nothing left. College I'm parties still is a, a good reason. Is a good reason to go to college? I remember many great college parties. I wish I could go back. I'm going to get me a peachy folder and a sweater and head down to the campus. <laughs> so the takeaways. Uh, the four-year degree, advanced degree, not necessarily important, other than it is a, a, a way of learning that is tested through millennia. You know, university is not something new. The the Socratic method of learning, well-tested, well-understood. Socrates. Socrates. (laughs) Um, And college parties. (laughs) Toga. Toga. (laughs) Toga. All right, for Daryl. Grant and Cynthia from Rika Technologies. This has been Incubate This and the Rika Show in podcast partnership. Woohoo! We'll see you guys next time. This episode of Incubate This was brought to you by gotanappidea.com in partnership with Rika Technologies and the Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology or at gotanappidea.com for more tips, tricks, strategies, and advice.